Hello, dear listener. Good morning for this new cultural program. And today, I think we will speak about one of the most famous cultural things of the 20th century and still today. Because we are now in 2020, and 60 years before, in 1960, a music band in England changed its name, and this name will become surely the most famous name in music world, music history, and music industry, even nowadays. So, I think most of you guess it, today we will speak about the great Beatles. And for that, I'm here, Tristan, in the Mushtar studio, with my Italian friend Davide. Hello, Davide. Hello, Tristan. Hello, everybody listening. What's up? Perfect. When it's time to speak about Beatles, it's always a good time and good day. Yeah, I know. It's one of your favorite groups. Yeah, definitely. And it's quite funny because, you know, I discovered Beatles quite lately. I didn't spend my childhood or teenage years to listen Beatles. I mean, I know them during that times, but I didn't listen them a lot, a lot, a lot. I really appreciate and discover deeper and better this band and uh, their music in something like four or five years ago. So it's quite a recent love, but a very deep and a very big one. So it's why I wanted to speak about Beatles in one program. Mm-hmm. Actually, my memories connected with Beatles are early in my life. I remember when um, the, let's say, like mix... I don't know how to say it in English. In Italian, it's raccolta. When years later, you make new albums, but they are made of old songs. And this one was called One. It was from 2000. I was uh, eight years old, pretty much. And I remember listening to this um, new, brand new album and bunch of songs that were put together into this uh, one. And I remember doing it on the vinyl, you know. Yeah, we still had that in my house and uh, I really can picture myself in the in that room that doesn't exist anymore because my house has been reconstructed during those years that passed and I can see myself and I remember from me to you that I really like that song from that album and I was eight years old and then when I was 10 I also have other memories because I really liked some songs but I think there's going to be time to discuss what are our memories connected with Beatles. I don't know, because everybody can uh, really tell that they have heard of Beatles, but I don't think everybody knows their story. So it will be interesting to hear what is their story. Totally, because even if it's one of the most popular and influent band in rock history and music history, the Beatles story remains a long, deep and complex story but still really interesting, full of little fun facts, happy times, and also, unfortunately, bad times. So today, I think we will try to speak about some of them, but it remains impossible to sum up due to the greatness of this story, which across the 60s decade, and this decade is also a really rich decade for music and artistic life, and also a decade full of new improvement in everyday life. So I think it can also explain the success and the fame of Beatles, their music and the band grown up in these uh, years with a really particular mood, particular atmosphere, which allow their art to be improved and improved and became so great as we know it today. I agree. We are uh, going, at least me, we are going like to discuss and to name some of the bands and artists that 
uh, were very famous during those years because it's good to like understand what was the musical context in those years and how this became such a cult because those were the years where actually albums were really sold and uh, the music industry was completely different from uh, today's industry. It can have a much greater impact because actually labels wanted to represent a music group and it wasn't like the opposite, let's say, like musicians that represents actually the aesthetic of the labels, which is something that happens today. Music was much more important. And even though we are talking actually about eight years, only eight years of a discographic career, but still these eight years of uh, career changed the history of music. And uh, yeah, there, I agree with you. There are some things that we don't know and that we will never know, probably. Yeah, so maybe to start back in the beginning of Beatles' life. Yeah, uh, let's start with, um, with the beginning. Yeah. As you know, he's a band born in uh, Liverpool, in England. And uh, it's more the work of John Lennon, because John Lennon grew up in Liverpool. And uh, very um, quick, he discovered music, and especially uh, Elvis, the rock from the USA. And uh, when John Lennon heard Elvis Presley for the first time, it was quite a revelation for him. Because he said later about that, nothing affects me until I heard Elvis. Without Elvis, there would be no Beatles. So this kind of uh, musical discovery for Lennon convinced him to try to learn guitar and also to compose and write songs. So during his teenage years, John Lennon learned guitar, but also banjo and harmonica. And in the same time, he tried for the first time to yeah, compose music, to be a songwriter. And step by step, he improved his uh, musical and writing skills. And uh, around the age of uh, 15, 16, he created a band with a friend of his school, a band called The Quarrymen. It was a band which played mostly skiffle music. It's a folk genre music with jazz, country and blues influences and uh, with the funny particularity to integrate homemade or improvised instrument. And it's during these years, at the end of the 50s, that a common friend of uh, both of them allow McCartney and Lennon to meet for the first time. And I think it's one of the most important meetings in uh, music history and uh, since the first time, a kind of spark appears between these two great musicians. McCartney played a little bit of guitar in front of Lennon and a few days later, the quarrymen asked McCartney to join them. After that, the story continues and goes on because uh, in uh, 1958, McCartney also asked the quarrymen in order to integrate in the band one of his friends and good musician, George Harrison. So, in 1958, the Quarrymen was already composed by three of the future Beatles, John Lennon, Paul McCartney and George Harrison. And we have to say that they were, like, not even 20 years old. So they started their, let's say, career really early. Yep. When Harrison joined the band in uh, 1958, the three future Beatles had between 15 and 18 years old. And we can also notice at that time a strange and funny fact about uh, their instrument because Lennon, McCartney and Harrison play guitar all of three. 
and they played and learned guitar as uh, self-taught people most of the time. They learned by uh, themselves, by listening music, by uh, practicing, by trying some uh, stuff. And it's quite impressive because uh, now they are known as a good musician, as a good composer. Maybe not the best about technical part, but since the beginning of their music learning and through all uh, their career, they show to people a really good musical intuition and feeling. And I think it's one of the best uh, marks of uh, Beatles music. Of course. I mean, you can tell it by the creativity of their albums, especially their latest albums. And you can also tell that um, the kind of creativity in those albums is so different that is coming from different parts of the group. And this is really rare to have uh, at least three, we have to say, because Arizona, uh, McCartney and Lennon both were creative musicians. And you can see the difference in them in their, like kind of creativity and it's rare because usually in a group you have one that writes most of the songs a lot of groups have two but three out of four it's rare and this is maybe also uh, one of the reasons why they split at one point for sure from the beginning of their musical adventure the Beatles expressed the wish to record and play original songs their own music I think the best examples are of course Lennon and McCartney who wanted to create their own uh, artistic universe, musical universe. And uh, very early in their life and uh, musical career, they uh, already composed and write a lot of songs. And uh, both of them, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, appeared like the creative part of the Beatles. But with the years and the time, the band reveals that all the members of the Beatles, all the Beatles, are great music composer and songwriter. For each of them, with his own universe sensitivity. And it's for sure one of the reasons of Beatles' success. But uh, for now I speak about Beatles without explaining the story of this name. Because before 1960, the band where Lennon, McCartney and Harrison played is still named The Quarrymen. But uh, during the 1960 year, a lot of uh, people in the band leave or change because it was a band composed at start by a school friend of Lennon and at the end of school they take different road and so the remaining people who play music around the three most important person who were of course John Lennon, Paul McCartney and George Harrison decided to change the name of the band in order to find a new identity for a new music travel, a new music adventure. And uh, after some thinkings, they chose the name of uh, the Beatles, B-E-A-T-L-E-S. It's a play word between the beat in the music and the beetle, the insect, and also a funny wink, a funny link with the name of a Buddy Holly band, the Crickets. So it's during 1960 that uh, the name which will change the music world was chosen and it will exist during the next 10 years of the band career and after it uh, will continue to be popular, famous and now even a legend across the ages, across the countries and also of course across the universe. Yeah, we also have to say that um, during this time they had other musicians that played then they left later on the group. And uh, one was uh, Tommy Moore during this period in 1960. Uh, but 
just right after they decided to change the names, the name of the band, he left the band. And then after this pit best, that was uh, the son of uh, like a producer, a man interested in uh, the music of these uh, young boys. And this guy wanted to like become famous. He wasn't properly trained and he wasn't probably like talented like the others. But for some time he played with them as a drummer. So we are still like not talking about the formation that made them famous. We still are missing one of the pieces. And it's also the time when they decided to change it a little bit the instrument. It's the time when Paul starting to go slowly to play bass guitar, when uh, Harrison is more to play solo guitar and Lennon more rhythmic guitar. But it's not he has a band that we know and which became famous uh, after. It's still in a kind of uh, growing up and uh, looking for the best people to compose it. Of course, they were really young. Yeah, and uh, this uh, famous uh, best people and let's say uh, last uh, piece of the band, they will uh, meet him uh, one and two years later because in 1961 and 1962, the Beatles make some uh, different travel in uh, Germany, in the city of Hamburg, in uh, which they will uh, improve their live performance and also their... Uh, let's say, technical, uh, musical skill and also writing or composing skill by meeting a lot of different musicians because it's quite strange, but at that time, Ambro was famous for having a lot of little um, club in the city or things like that. And a lot of uh, music people from this city invite some band from other country to come for a few weeks in order to play in the city and to make some concert it's a yeah it's a city that today we don't even like consider <laughs> yeah and then i'm definitely not attracted by hamburg but yeah apparently at the time was a very frenetic um, there was a very frenetic lifestyle especially for musicians yeah and some english musicians and so in hamburg during uh, this uh, beginning of 60s decade the beatles meet uh, other liverpool band and in uh, one of these liverpool band they uh, met a really good uh, drummer called uh, Ringo Starr. Mm-hmm. And it's the first meeting between uh, them and it will become a really important meeting for the future of the band. Yeah. And uh, it's difficult of thought to speak about Hamburg because they have some uh, recording session in Hamburg. They have some um, starting of fame and some, um, not album, but uh, little album with few songs was recorded in uh, Germany and sold in Germany and uh, across little bit the border to arrive also in England. So it's like the beginning of the, let's say, uh, broadcasting music of Beatles. Yeah. But it's not uh, became so famous. Not a lot of people, uh, I mean, uh, manager or musical producer was so interested in Beatles at that time. Yeah, because they don't have a manager yet, like a proper yeah. manager. But as I understood, this uh, travel in Hamburg allows them to improve their skill to feel more adult in their music in their uh, attitude on the stage or to really uh, yeah, of course. feel uh, deep and ready to make music and to create their proper and own musical universe which is I think the most important goal for Beatles at that time and especially for McCartney and Lennon who wanted to create something very personal yeah I've read from this period that lifestyle was uh, sometimes also almost uh, 
excruciating for the body like they were really really pushing their bodies because they had a lot of concerts mm. during those uh, those times and yeah the lifestyle was really really fast so they came back to England like physically also down not only physically but also mentally because during these uh, months in Hamburg they lost another member of uh, the band whose name is um, Stuart Sutcliffe that fell in love apparently with a German uh, photographer when I was reading this uh, story I thought about a little but like this man that left the band like one or two years before this band became the most famous band yeah, in the world. Almost. And what, I mean, what kind of thoughts can these people have when they uh, realize that they left um, a band that became so famous? This was my, my thought. And also I was thinking like, I don't know, these people are constantly maybe contacted by journalists only because they want to know the same thing that I'm asking now. Yeah, I so think it's, so. I don't know, it's, it's a strange destiny. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, you were telling this, um, like, returning, coming back to Liverpool uh, from uh, Hamburg, and it's just like the beginning. So they, they are becoming like a reality in the, in the city, even mm. if they are definitely, like, just in the beginning. They don't have a proper manager, they no. don't have a record. They, they, they play in pubs, they, like, all the bands, they try to make their own way on the... Yeah, of course. And, uh, yeah, what's, what else? What happens next? Tell us about it. Yeah, I think it's when they come back from Hamburg and start to play again in Liverpool and became quite famous in the city life of Liverpool as a like band who played in a pub or things like that. And um, a man find uh, their album record in uh, Germany and also heard about them. And uh, he feels really interested by uh, this band and want to meet them and to become uh, their manager. And this man is uh, Brian Epstein. It's a man really important in the Beatles history. Of course. Because he helped the band to grow up and to become like a real professional musician. And it's quite funny because Brian Epstein was not musical manager. He knew a lot about musical world, but he, if I remember well, he was people who sell discs in a disc yeah. shop. Yeah, yeah. The story is just like that. Basically, he was the son of a family that managed the disc uh, shop. And uh, the legend story, I mean, no, no, it's a story, but, you know, a lot of things are said. Yeah. But <laughs> apparently he was kept, like, his clients asking about this group. And this group was from uh, the same city, like Liverpool, but he didn't know this group. So he got curious about them. And then he went uh, to one of their concerts on the 9th November 1961. And he recognized um, the members of the group as clients also of his shop. So they, um, he liked the music and yeah, it's then the rest is what you said. They started to talk and there was certain understanding and he became straight away their manager. Yeah, and uh, after I think it's in uh, 1962, the year where everybody really starts for Beatles and like the really beginning of the success story, which yeah, became really first. fast and 
your chapter. Yeah, because we have to say like these clients of his uh, disc shop were asking precisely for one song, like a single that went out from them because they still haven't uh, published any record proper album mm. at this point but they had recorded uh, a single a uh, song named My Bonnie do you know it no i don't know this one well it's uh, like critically that there are not good opinions on this song of course they were very young it's their first single but still apparently there were some people that liked it enough to interest the curiosity of uh, Brian Epstein So this is the beginning of um, this uh, collaboration, let's say. Yeah, Brian Epstein so was a man who helped Beatles to grow up and there is also another man and especially another place which really marked and are linked with the Beatles career and it's uh, Abbey Road Studio. At that time it was called the EMI Studio in the Abbey Road Street in uh, London and it's in uh, June 1962, the first time that uh, the Beatles across the door of this famous studio. When they um, across the door for the first time, Ringo Starr not already joined the Beatles. The band was composed by uh, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and uh, Pete Best at the drums. And uh, they find a kind of contract with uh, this studio for record some uh, song and some uh, single. And uh, one of the first song record was... Uh, the famous uh, Love Me Do. And uh, there is a really funny story about this song because it was like a really long recording session because there is three different versions of this song. The first one they recorded with uh, Pete Best at the drum, but the other Beatles and uh, George Martin, the producer of the band and the man who work in the studio and take some uh, like uh, order to how to play, how to record or things like that. And also a man who will become a uh, the producer during all the career of Beatles and help them and uh, same as Epstein help them to grow up to find their musical universe mm -hmm. and so after this first record of Love Me Do people were not uh, happy with the drum plays of Pete Best yeah the drum was weak yeah so the Strother Beatles say uh, I think it's time to make separation with Pete Best and it's the time that uh, they invite Ringo Starr to join definitely the band and to form the bands that we know now and uh, also called the uh, Fab Four. So John Lennon, Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison and Ringo Starr. Yeah, and uh, so they record again Love Me Do, but that time with Ringo Starr at the drum. But George Martin was not so happy again. And so he asked to a professional drummer and a really experiment one to come. It was uh, the drummer called Andy White and he already played with uh, Chuck Berry, for example. And they record again Love Me Do with uh, Andy White at the drum. And uh, Ringo are also in this uh, version of the recording. But he play only, uh, you know, the little drums, the uh, tambourine. So he didn't really appreciate this uh, recording session, which is quite understandable, I think. Mm -hmm. But he marks the beginning of uh, the four fab. And they are also collaboration with uh, Aberrot Studio and George Martin as uh, their producer. But I think it's at that precise day that the Beatles as we know them today starting to really exist and uh, after it's a long and uh, really fast success story because they uh, record a lot a lot and uh, their song became really fast in the top of the English uh, song list and uh, their single 
are really famous and they start also some uh, concert tour one year later in '63, uh, starting this uh, kind of uh, fashion uh, thing called Beatlemania and uh, yeah, yeah. it's the beginning of success. <laughs> yeah, we also maybe forgot at least for me it's important because um, I have to confess that um, I am very classical in this but the one musician that fascinates me the most and I am more um, close and I like the songs he wrote more than uh, than the one the others wrote is John Lennon and um, we forgot to tell that he also lost his mother um, some years earlier so he recognized this moment as um, one of those moments that shaped his spirit and uh, made him uh, like a bit melancholic and uh, he also probably sent him to like his creative side let's put it like mm. this we will talk about uh, like uh, their characters later we can also do it like now um, talking about this period because we have to also mention how was the image the image of this group no ah, yeah. because for me it's obvious then um, they were really like cheeky i would say especially Paul McCartney and John Lennon like you could tell that they were really smart and um, playful like uh, smart kids that it's not easy to like um, I don't know how to say it but they knew how to speak to use words they, uh, they yeah, have a kind of yeah. spirit uh, really really great I think yeah and also um, let's say a fast mm, fast uh, intelligence let's put it like this so they were a bit like in their eyes, at least, I mean, y you could see that they were s just like uh, children that likes to create uh, like little troubles to have yeah. fun. But still, their image was completely different. And um, on this image, in fact, there was a discussion with um, their historic producer, Brian Epstein. And Brian Epstein was the one that wanted their image to be so neat, as you say, no? with a tie and uh, like good boys that are going to college, basically. Which for me, it's interesting to talk about because you can see from their eyes that it's not actually their um, personality, <laughs> at least definitely with uh, John Lennon. And I know and I've read that John Lennon didn't agree with this um, vision of uh, the producer, but in the end, they trusted what yeah. he thought about this. Maybe to see this aspect of their personality and the their relationship with a manager or producer. There is a really good movie to watch. It's uh, called A Hard Day Night, in a reference of one of their songs. And it's directed by uh, Richard Lester in uh, 1964. So it's quite at the beginning of their career. And uh, it's a uh, fiction, but uh, they play their own role in the movie. So uh, we really discovered this relationship with their producer, with this um, like business, show business world around uh, them and this uh, growing up fame, this Beatlemania thing. And that was a uh, succeed to keep a part of really wild and free spirit and uh, how they use, yeah, as you say, their smartness to sometimes avoid some stuff, to run away from some TV interview or things like that. Mm. They really look, uh, yeah, free people who made music because they like music. They don't running for 
fame. They meet fame and they accept it, but they have something really authentic. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I think they really trusted this uh, manager whose figure proved to be really important, especially when he left. Like, let's put it like this. Let's don't say the, the end of the story. But at one point, they didn't have this manager anymore. And this mm. proved to be quite a big thing yeah. and a hard thing to survive for the group. So maybe they really left all this side to him. And probably it's like this because we will talk about it later, what happened and why they had discussions with this um, manager. But anyway, I think we should also mention what kind of music are they doing during this uh, like 62, 63, 64, not the first albums. It's a kind of music that it's really different from also the most famous songs of uh, Beatles. <laughs> Still, I know that Love Me Do is the most sold single in their history. I am pretty sure that I have read this. So the most sold single is from this period. And it's a kind of rhythmic, uh, I don't know, it's it's a song from the 60s. There is no um, new aesthetic. No. There is nothing about them, actually. It's just that they have a good creativity for uh, rhythm and music. So they created a good chilly song. It's catchy and uh, it's good for radio and people loves it and of course uh, young girls uh, fell yeah. in love with uh, these four <laughs> boys and all the marketing stuff but yeah it's very far from um, when they will be able later to be really creative and they know their potential no yeah, yeah. i think the beginning of the career is really yeah something rock pop rhythmic music like in the wind of that time it was and it's still today a really good music but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah for me it's as you say maybe less interesting than all the experiment that they try later and also I don't know for their more latest song I feel also something more personal more deep in the writing in the composing that they try they, sure. they explore some new road and it's yeah, why it's really, really interesting. Yeah, they were really like innovative. And this proved uh, to be right with ears. Because even if this Love Me Do, as I was saying, is the most sold single in their career, still today the most famous songs are from the latest albums. Definitely. The yeah. most famous songs of Beatles and the one that most of the people know are from um, the last three, four albums. So that's their legacy in the end. Yeah. And I think it's also because when they uh, record their first album, most of the composition came from Lennon and uh, McCartney or separately, but uh, they are the main uh, composer at the beginning of Beatles. And uh, most of them are also inspired or came from their teenage years because they started to compose uh, really early in their life. And so their first compose, even if they record them later, came from uh, some inspiration in their teenage uh, period. So it's why maybe it's less uh, deep or less worked in some uh, aspect. It's because it came from something more uh, early in their life and Older. they improve it uh, year after year. It also... Really nice to listen all the Beatles songs because they are a really good evolution in their way of making, thinking music and uh, thinking this world around them. And it's really, really pleasant. Yeah. And still, we have to remember that we are in the total like fire of uh, the spreading of music in, um, yeah. in this society post-World uh, War II. 
So it's it was the it was a moment where musicians really could be more famous than Jesus, like mm, yeah. the famous uh, sentence about Beatles, and it's true. I mean, their fame was so huge that they were like nominated by the royalties in England, but they gave a title to this uh, to the four of them, and they also had a concert uh, in front of uh, the Queen, famous. In yeah. history, because uh, John Lennon was cheeky enough to say at one point, like, clap your hands if you like the um, songs, and the other ones, meaning the royalties, can uh, like yeah. shake, your, shake their uh, your jewels. Uh, yes. Yeah, and it was really cheeky things to to say. It was uh, I don't know, like a, like a little child that wants to say something. Yeah. You know, to provocate in a funny yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. really the Beatles spirit, I think. Yeah, and definitely John Lennon one. I can see it in his eyes. It's definitely a fascinating um, mm, character. Yeah, and I think it also became so famous and so good because four of them are really strong character with really strong idea and a strong wish to make music and to create their own universe in this uh, artistic world because for the Beatles it's more connected to Lennon and McCartney especially at the beginning but uh, years after years Harrison starting also to take more and more place in the composition he brings to the group the idea for example in a uh, spirituality he brings some uh, musical instrument for other country yeah especially India no yeah And it's why it's so cool. It transforms his kind of uh, cons to new quality for the band, for the drum play. And, uh, hmm. They have this, this stuff to, to make something that belongs only to, to them and not to other uh, musicians, other people. I, I don't really know how to express it with a no, world. Is, uh, quite, you express it's also about good. feeling when you listen it, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think the in some songs the their use of the drums is really um, catchy and um, it's not obvious it's not a obvious use of the drums it's really I don't know there's a kind of dissonance but a good one yeah. it's a studied one and uh, you get like you really pay attention to the drums in those songs mm. and he also have a good voice uh, Ringo Sa yeah, yeah. He, he sang no I yeah for example he sang, yeah Yellow Submarine he also writes some song for the Beatles yeah, I don't yeah. know the name because it's not the most famous or most popular but it shows that uh, the band exists thanks to these four people and not thanks to other one I mean without these four people I think it would be really different or Yeah, no, but it's rare to have all yeah. this um, personality uh, in all the mem the member of the bands, you mm. know, because most of the time, really, there are some center in the band and the other ones are just like um, technical. Yeah, let's put it this way. But not here. Yeah, not definitely not here. And definitely this is one of the reasons why their career ended so um, early. Together with what you said, they really had um, a desire to make music and they were really creative. So they didn't think a lot about the managing. <laughs> and these two factors together, for me, they were the cause of such a short um, career. 
Because everybody was aware that they could have a solo career. Everybody had proved also to themselves. But yeah, maybe we should uh, like finishing our chronological um, story because we are still in the beginning with this. Uh, yeah, let's move a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's good. I mean, oh, I to just listen to the story as it is, it can be boring. So we we can stop yeah. and talk and. Uh, sneak inside yeah. when we because want. Because I think after 62 and the recording of their first uh, single in uh, Abbey Road Studio with uh, Brian Epstein and uh, George Martin, Beatles was uh, ready for their story and the next is a little bit uh, so long, so deep and also known as people that is not so interesting, I think, to try to go deep in it. It just, uh, mm. they continue no, to improve it and to... The, yeah, I mean, in their story, yes, because after all, these are um, at the years, maybe they start before a bit earlier than uh, the other iconic groups of the, that decade, the 60s, like Rolling Stones, Doors, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd. The Beatles were the first um, yeah. group to spread out. But we know how this goes during the, the 60s. And if you don't know, it's very easy. I mean, the success is so big that you start touring around the world uh, uh, and your concerts are like um, the events of uh, in in the world and you become so famous that of course you get also something uh, missing for example they had really hard tours and at one time they decided to stop yeah. to make tours they asked their manager to to stop because it was too painful physically and yeah. mentally so i mean we know what happens when you have success. They little by little went out of uh, this huge success in England. And even if at the beginning United States didn't quite get their music, in the end they became huge even in United States. Yeah, they made the last concert in United States in uh, 1966 in San Francisco. Yeah, and it was uh, like a very provocative concert. As I yeah. read, when uh, like John Lennon was already fed up with uh, making concerts, and he started to say very controversial things, and uh, and yeah, it was the end of their tour. Yeah, but it's funny because I think it's maybe one of the only music band in music history which decided to stop concert because of the fan first, because the fan scream so load that ah, nobody yeah. can hear the music yeah it's because we have to say this yeah basically with becoming famous they also started to know other musicians of the time they also started to know lsd and uh, drugs that yeah. influenced A their lot vision influenced a lot the music you can hear that uh uh, 1996 Revolver that is a album that I really like and I also had, uh, had a t-shirt of a Revolver album when I was young it wasn't mine, it was my brother's but yeah, it's a very good album and you can feel that there is a strong turning point Yeah, they are um, yeah, they used LSD and their type of thinking changed and they felt more free to really create in a much more open space mm. than before when they were just making 
good songs, but in the calc of uh, what already existed. And especially McCartney has a great talent in this, like to make songs with a great melody and uh, oh, yeah. um, really balanced songs. And so this also meant that during these years, still the old public, especially like, I don't know, fangirls and shouting uh, young people, still loved them, but this didn't go didn't go along with the change of their music because sometimes you needed to be silent to appreciate how their music um, was evolving and with the different instruments and also John Lennon is uh, is melancholic part is I mean this is not not just pop songs there is something in like that is more subtle like and that. so it's not like it and it's not rock and roll where you can like hit so hard that everybody can scream but in the end the music is stronger you know and it mm. goes well but these were different type of music and it was um, yeah sometimes more contemplative like uh, LSD visions would create and so yeah this was uh, this was painful I guess for them like to to sing live some songs that came from such uh, profound experiences and you have to hear people screaming like uh, chickens while yeah, you make course. it it's really yeah it's bad yeah i mean i can tell why they hated it and i think it's also because they at that point of their career they wanted to experiment other stuff and to find a kind of really good sound quality that they didn't find in uh, life because after they stopped it their concert career, let's say it like that, they became like more studio musician because they only record album in studio and they experiment so many stuff from a Sgt. Pepper Lonely Earth Club Band in uh, 1967 yeah, until exactly. Let It Be in uh, 1970. They change a lot the way of thinking music and uh, the rock music but Beatles music as you say is more than just rock and few examples of this experiment for example it can be easy like uh, changing the usual song building for example the order of chorus and verse the fact to not use a lot of words or to use a lot of little or things like that for example yeah using your voice in every way yeah they use also a lot of sound effects, whistle of a train or sound from um, outdoor world they put in their record session. They also sometimes reverse the record, slow, slow the record, fast the record in order to create kind of new sound. And also they put a lot of new and different instruments which are not so usual at that time. I think about, for example, uh, Elena Rigby or Yesterday, which are with a orchestra instrument inside. Uh, I think it's string quartet, which is quite unusual uh, compared to previous Beatles songs, but course. so good and, and so perfect. And we are talking about uh, Revolver. So 1966 is the album of uh, Elena Rigby. There's also another song, I'm Only Sleeping, in that album that I really like. And uh, the year after, as you mentioned, Sgt. Peppers, 
that is considered one of uh, their yeah. like, greatest work. And with Sgt. Pepper, they also start like, you know, concept album to try to link each song together to create mm -hmm. some character in the album. And after, for example, with Yellow Submarine in 1969, they also make a movie linked with the album. So they, yeah, they try to change their artistic medium. They, yeah, try they became to real artists. Yeah, totally. They were living their art. Yeah, exactly. Do you like Surgeon Papers? Let's talk about this. Um, It's not my list. favorite. I think for me, the one of the best better album, unlike the turning point, is uh, Rubber Soul in uh, 1965. Mm -hmm. Especially, especially for the sound girl that I really, really appreciate, and it's not so, let's say, big change, but it's the beginning of putting really their own mind in their music and try some stuff without running for fame or usual way of making it. Yeah, yeah, they were already famous anyway, so. Yeah, but they don't continue in the road, w which allows them the fame. They uh, wanted to to experiment and. I think it's why I appreciate so much Beatles because when you listen Beatles, you have the choice between so many different musical genre, musical universe, musical uh, melody, musical experimentation that you can... Uh, I think it's difficult to find a Beatles song that you didn't appreciate because it's so deep and large that you, you can find something normally. Mm. We have to also say that they were um, helped by the time mm. they were living because this change, you mentioned Rubber Soul and Revolver. We are talking about 65-66, which is the beginning for uh, most, uh, basically all the most famous uh, groups of um, 60s. Yeah. Of course, we didn't mention uh, Bob Dylan, but Bob Dylan uh, was an influence for uh, John Lennon. Yeah, today. But these are the years where Rolling Stones' doors were formed, and uh, we are talking about Aftermath and Between the Buttons. I mean, the most famous albums from the classic bands of the 60s came out in yeah. those years, like The Doors came, um, went out in 1967, and then Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd, Piper at the Gates of Dawn in 67. So all this like movement, uh, especially um, in the world, but also in England, we had uh, Pink Floyd and Rolling Stones. Yeah, I mean, was like two huge perfect groups atmosphere. that in a kind of a way It's not like we um, see it today that really we can see some uh, artists that even if uh, have talent, they prefer the easiest um, road, you know? Mm. During this period, maybe they pushed each other. We are talking about like a musical uh, dance and full period. So maybe th this also pay yeah, Totally. And I think it's also helped by uh, some new kind of improvement in the way of record, in the way of edit and cut the song, because they can experiment a lot of stuff about recording due to some improvement in the recording technique and the, yeah, Beatles and their, let's say, uh, greatest song also exist because they, uh, yeah, really arrive in the good time, in the good place, and uh, it's like the perfect match between all uh, these elements that uh, 
Yeah. All, all the stuff to really grown up and became more and more important. And now it's like uh, usual to listen some kind of thing. But at that time, it was like the beginning and they really find a good way to use it and to experiment it. Yeah, and those were times of uh, great inspiration in general. We are talking mm, about yeah. stock. And uh, really, in the uh, United Kingdom, there was the word. I mean, Led Zeppelin, as you know, it's, it's my favorite group from the 60s, even if I uh, love a lot Doors, too. And now I can appreciate Beatles. I mean, I always appreciated them, but I think I have to go deeper. Uh, yeah, when you discover your story, you really yeah. appreciate it. But I think it's the same for all the great band of that time. They, they live during a time which is, I think, difficult to imagine today because it, it was time full of uh, inspiration, uh, together full of uh, new idea, new thing. And, uh, yeah, there was a revolution or at least um, an mm. attempt. We'd, we cannot know, actually, because everything we can uh, tell now are the words of uh, the people that lived there. So, unfortunately, <laughs> we are in 2020. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but we can still listen to this music, so... <laughs> yeah, definitely. But so let's talk about this, uh, these albums. Let's talk about also our favorite songs, because, yeah. Quick. I mean, we know that they split... <laughs> And uh, we know that their career ended soon for all of these reasons. Mm. And yeah, at one point I had problems of uh, with the managing because he had some rights. He was taking more money than the, they uh, allowed him to take. And so they had uh, an argument and then he died in a room. And so they lost their historic manager and then they split. Also, we know with... Yoko Ono, yeah. John Lennon fell in love with Yoko Ono and little by little you... Create some tense in the band and also that yeah, fact no, that they wanted to... <laughs> yeah, they wanted also to exist for themselves and uh, less and less as a band. Yeah, but They don't want it to be Beatles but they want it to be John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison and Ringo Starr. But the amazing thing is that this kind of um, tension between them started like in 67, 68. So the time where the most brilliant albums came out. So yeah. even with this tension, they could produce the best of their production. Oh, yeah. You, let's say putting together their diversities, you know. Because yeah. this didn't affect the quality of the albums. At the contrary, the albums were so full of different uh, artists, basically. Yeah, it was so nice because, yeah, they wanted to put more of their personal stuff in their music. So album let more place to personal composition. And it's why it's so good and full of diversity because they really wanted to explore. And I think they feel like uh, in order to keep the band together more longer as possible. They also need to give some freedom uh, to the other. Or of course. Yeah. And it's why this album are, are so so good, I think. It's because uh, it's really the Beatles spirit and in the same time, it's really individual uh, spirit. So it's, why, uh, it's quite strange, but it's really good to listen to them. Yeah, and uh, I have to say, like I will mention my favorite songs from these four albums which I would say are the one that I know a bit more and uh, I like 
which are Revolver, Sgt. Pepper, so 66, 67, then White Album, mm. and Abbey Road. So they're like most famous albums, most important albums. And um, from Revolver, I love uh, Eleanor Rigby and I'm Only Sleeping. We managed how the rhythm of Eleanor Rigby was like a turning point in a way. I mean, uh, different from what they have done before. Then mm. Sgt. Pepper's I Love A Day In The Life, yeah. uh, which I think is the last song of the album. And it's really dreamy and it's like a trip with your... Yeah. and it's also full of experiment in the music they put different songs together in the same song it's really yeah. strange yeah, to listen but it works at the end so it's uh, yeah because practically the length of their songs is bigger like their songs mm. are longer because they are more complex also in the beginning they used to make songs of two minutes two minutes and a half usually but in the, during this period they became closer to psychedelic visions and also experimental ones like avant-garde and things that they never tried we also have to mention yoko ono a bit more she was an avant-garde artist from uh, japan and she influenced uh, john lennon um, as an artist too yeah, she takes part in um, she takes part in one of the songs of I don't remember which album, but uh, the song Revolution Nine, yeah, which yeah, length yeah. I think eight nine eight minutes. minutes. It's, really it's composed uh, by Lennon and Yoko Ono. It's a beautiful song. I I love that song. I have to say I am quite sure that uh, John Lennon is the is the artist that I appreciate the most. Um, that song is amazing, really. It's. Uh, I didn't expect uh, from what I knew of Beatles to hear such a song, so there's still some something I have to learn from this band. Then, we, yeah, we have White Album. This is the album of Revolution Nine. This is the one. Oh, okay. And uh, this is my favorite song of the album. But there's also Revolution, which is the most famous uh, yep. Revolution, just Revolution. And I love the title of one song. I love the song, but especially the title, Happiness is a Warm Gun. It's a beautiful title. This is one of the best titles I've ever read of, yeah. uh, for a song. They have this it's perfect. genius spark sometimes to find good, uh, perfect world who match together. Yeah, Happiness is a Warm Gun. Then Abbey Road, I think my the, the songs that makes me more hypnotized are from these albums. And especially the famous come together, it's brilliant. Mm, yeah. And a song named Because. It's not one of their most famous songs, but you know, during those years, even with only eight years of uh, discographic existence, they influenced uh, a lot of musicians. And one of these musicians that they influenced is um, one of my favorite singer songwriter, the late Elliot Smith. And oh. Elliot Smith made a beautiful um, cover of this song that is also used in the movie American Beauty. And I have to say they are quite different versions, the one of Elliot's and uh, the Beatles one, but they are both, they have something that, I don't know, it's like um, 
you are having a vision that is both beautiful and uh, sad, but sad in a, in a human way. Yeah. So it's it's a vision, but it's like there is something uh, you cannot express so easily about this uh, song because I think yeah. it's. Um, But I think it's a good summary of Beatles song also. The universal lyrics speak about really different thing, but it's also I think linked with some human feeling, and each people receive and interpret this song differently. There is also some different level of reading. Sometimes you can find some political message or thing like that. But most of the time, for me, it's linked to feeling, and it's why it's so famous and so appreciated by people because you can. Uh, easily interpret it as you want and the voices of uh, Harrison McCartney Lennon and Ringo are also really powerful to share feeling to share emotion they really lived their music when they perform it it's mm -hmm. uh, how I live I feel the uh, Beatles music and it's why I really appreciate them and uh, I will continue to listen uh, about it during a long and long year across uh, the age and the universe I hope <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, do you have some songs that you want to um, like mention yeah before to conclude I think I will give my kind of advice personally I pick like my let's say top five but even like that it's uh, I'm course. not sure about it yeah. but I already speak about Girl on a Rubber Soul album and same as you Eleanor Rigby on Revolver and A Day in the Life in uh, Sgt. Pepper. Yeah. I also really, really like Across the Universe on their last album, Let It Be. Mm -hmm. And But my favorite Beatles song, and I think the one which really put me back to listen their song again and again, it's uh, While My Guitar Gently Whips by uh, George Harrison on the album, uh, the white, on the White Album. I know, I know you love it because I mean, people don't know, but we live together uh, for some months. So I know that you are putting that songs uh, quite often. I have to say, I don't. Um, I never loved that song. <laughs> There's nothing special in that song. I. It's not that I hate it, but I, it doesn't tell me anything. Uh, so, mystery um, of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? But I like the other ones you you chose. Yeah, and also um, maybe I have little one. I think about it just an ad, but Blackbird see Black, <laughs> but Blackbird also, it's a really good one. I think, and it's. I don't. I don't have it in my mind right now, but I will listen to it. I will only mention in my life because it's the one that is more um, close to my old memory like my life and uh, I used to listen to this song uh, repetitively like for hours when I was um, 10 years old and it was um, so perfect yeah it was I mean I really remember that summer listening to this song and um, we fell in love with uh, this really really eerie and uh, hypnotic uh, piano part in the middle of, of the song And it's a song written by John Lennon. But I think the piano part comes from George Harrison. So good, the, the good mix of the two. It's, um, it's a beautiful song and I know it's also, this is um, like an anecdote, but it's also the, um, the song that was played at 
Kat Cobain's funeral because he loved um, he loved the songs and he loved the uh, Beatles too. Yeah, it's um, a, it is an amazing song. I think it's it's not the only one. Yeah, definitely not. So I think we can uh, we can end our discussion. Yeah, I think too. I think there is plenty of other stuff to say, but it's also good to discover by yourself to make your own opinion because without any doubt, Beatles are one of the most famous bands of music history. They shape a lot the way of listen, compose music, and also uh, even today they continue to be really influent and powerful. So just listen their music and uh, take a look in their story because it's a really interesting one that uh, which across this 60s decade. And uh, I think it's more you know about Beatles, more you will appreciate them. And for that, I will just advise you some uh, movies and videos to conclude. I already speak about the movie A Hard Day Night by Richard Lester, but also you can watch the movie Across the Universe by Julie Taylor in 2007, and the most recent one, Yesterday by Danny Boyle last year. And about videos, I just watched on YouTube the rooftop concert of Beatles. It's, I think, one of the best videos on YouTube. And the best video mm, yeah. of YouTube for me is a Carpool Karaoke with Paul McCartney. I have nothing to add, but just watch this video and you will understand all that I uh, said about Beatles and why for me they are such a smart, wild and free spirit who perform music for the love of uh, music and uh, that soul. Yeah, the rooftop, we didn't mention it, but it's... Um It's a great thing. I mean, you're talking about that uh, concert that they had suddenly without any predictions, like they didn't advertise anything and they went on a, a roof in the building of uh, London, I guess. It's a and they started to play, play yeah. until police made them stop after 45 minutes. But it's 45 minutes that you are just walking in the street and Beatles at the top yeah. of the roof start to play. I mean... It's, it's perfect. It sounds it's how music it sounds like a good afternoon yeah. to me. But uh, yeah, thanks for your advices. I hope I will not be lazy and I will uh, check them out. <laughs> for me, uh, I will just suggest um, to our listeners to take time to put earphones on your ears and listening to an entire album, uh, especially one of those we suggested from Beatles. Yeah, so I think it's time for us to say goodbye. So We said goodbye, we say goodbye. We said goodbye already, <laughs> um, but we don't want to leave, but we have to leave. So, yeah, who wants to say goodbye? Not me, I'm not in the mood. Go ahead. No, just listen a uh, goodbye song of Beatles on the... It's all. There's goodbye. a song named Goodbye? Yeah. I say goodbye. You say hello. <laughs> <laughs>